one of the things that proves to you that God hears is because when you talk to Him, then you get a reply. You can call your God without repentance, means God won't take it away from you, but you can be dormant. How that gift can be sharpened is in the place of fellowship with God. I mean, must be consistent. I will look onto the hill where my help come from. So if you are not on that mountain, speaking and having a conversation with God, you can activate and take those who go extra mile with God to be extraordinary and then to lead extraordinary. Any Christian that grow cold and backslide is as a result of losing touch in their private fellowship. I want to teach on quiet time. Quiet time. Um, I know a lot of us got born again in um, probably in the last 10 years or so. And for those who have been born again for like two, three decades, they will have an idea of what I'm talking about, um, quiet time. Um, quiet time is very important. Now, I might be asking one or two questions. So I'd like you to participate because that's the way it comes to my, it came to my spirit that I should probably allow some people to share their own personal experience as to how they flow and the fellowship with God. So quiet time... Uh, is just simply described as, as having a consistent daily fellowship routine with God. Having a consistent daily fellowship or daily fellowship routine with God. So it means, when we say routine, it means what you do day in, um, day out. You have a time where you fellowship with Him. You have a time where you wake up. You have a time where you commune with Him. You have a time... Um, when you worship and flow uh, with the Lord. I remember vividly the person that taught us about fellowshipping with God daily. Um, This is over 20 years ago. I remember he used a particular illustration, and I want to use that illustration, that if you feed, if you, you are into fishery, you feed the fish in the morning, um, let's say you feed them by 5 a.m., um, every day, you must actually keep to that time because at that time, the fish, they are already conditioned to be fed at that time. All right? Probably all other animals are like that. I'm not too sure. But I want to believe that, all right, using that fish as an illustration already uh, uh, makes it very explicit. So there is a time you feed the, sheep, uh, the fish and then you must go there to feed at that time. In fact, the, fee, the, the, the fish will have been expecting you to come and feed them exactly at that time. Now, there is a time our hearts, if you have actually been in a consistent flow with God, there is always a time of the day when your heart and your spirit expect a word from the Lord. It can be general. It can be all day. You can be open and be, do you understand? But there is always a time we should dedicate when we expect the revelation or expect to fellowship or that God should come and feed us or that God should put words in our spirit. All right? And then we have that time to also uh, worship him. So it's a secret. Quiet time is a secret of every successful or effective Christian in terms of their daily living. That's quiet time. It's a secret of every... The reason why people live anyhow, talk anyhow, and do things anyhow, and sometimes accumulate a lot of stuff within them, and then only for them to expose later, is because they have lost that 
place of consistent fellowship with God. Alright, so now it looks like we have believers who don't really have conscience. And now all throughout the scriptures, you can be gifted. It's one thing to be gifted, it's another thing to have conscience. And now when we say conscience, it means the Holy Spirit can communicate with your spirit. Alright, and tells you what is right, and then it tells you what is what, what is wrong. It guides you, it directs you. Alright, and I remember Apostle Paul was telling Timothy, he said that people shipwreck their faith because they've lost a very good conscience. They've lost, you know, he said the Lord that we serve with faith and a good conscience. So it means that, you know, you, you find it hard to hold somebody in your heart talking to the Lord. Do you understand what I'm talking about? So the Holy Spirit, you know, shows you things. He corrects you, he rebooks you, and then he directs you to the things that you need to, uh, to grow. Now you remember that the Bible says in First Peter, he said, grow, I think, first Peter or so. I think first Peter chapter 5, verse 18 or 3, 18 or so. He said, grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Grow in grace and in the knowledge. Give us that scripture so you can find it. Grow in grace and in knowledge of Jesus Christ. Now, the, our growth mainly actually is in our daily fellowship with God. You have to see that daily fellowshiping with God as an opportunity to be fed. Is an opportunity to be fed. Now, I think most of the time, why we have this casual approach to um, to quiet time, um, and sometimes we don't just bother, we wake up and you just get to work or you just rush to work or something, is because we probably think we are the one that feed God. Alright? Now, the only thing we do to God is to worship Him and adore Him and minister unto Him as we ought to do. Now, we'll get there. Alright? But then, the most important aspect of quiet time is when you get fed. You must be fed as a believer. Now, that's why the Bible says that man shall not live by bread alone. It's actually Second Peter chapter 3, verse 18. Man shall not live by bread alone, but must live by every word. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds. And our present continues. So it means that God spoke yesterday. Good. Fantastic. So he still has to speak to you today. Now God is not a talkative, but he talks to his children every day. Are you getting what I'm saying? So you can't live today, alright, on the word that you have heard long time ago. Sometimes, some people, the last time they heard God was when they just got born again. And then for like a decade, they've not heard God. So they wonder, how do people hear God? And why people ask that question is because they have never really created time to commune with God. Now, today I'm going to be sincere with you. We'll look at the distractions. Because what devil does most of the time is to just distract us. He doesn't have the power to stop God from speaking. But he can use his own tactics, all right, to distract you from hearing. Are you getting what I'm saying? And then occupies you with some other businesses, and then before you know it, you lose that opportunity. One of the first set of things you teach new combat is quiet time. And I've lived with people, I mean, there are people that are still intact in times of their quiet time. I mean, it's not, this is not about title, it's not about your position in church, it's not about your years of being born again, it's, it has nothing to do with that. It's just about your faithfulness in your own privacy, talking to God. So I've lived with people. So I know people who, you know, I've said it before, that 5 a.m., they are speaking to God. And they were consistent. 
And because most of the time, I'm always awake in the night, so I know what is going on. So I know somebody that once it's 3 o'clock, that's her own time. All right? You know, she'll be praying, she'll be talking to God and all that and all that. So, you know, I, I will know that by now she will have been awake. And then I know this other person by 5 will have been awake. Do you understand? Uh, now, maybe other people who live in the house as well, you know, have their home where they um, were doing it or something. I don't know. But then it encouraged me because these people too are young people who I can say maybe got born again in the last five seven years. Alright? So, but then that's the way we used to live our life. We still do. But then, that's the way, that's the culture then. That once you wake up, like I wrote something on social media, I said that, in fact, we're giving, we live, why meditating this thing? A, a message came to my heart. I think I will teach it. The loss in grace. Alright? I think I will teach it. Because people think that now that you are under the grace, you don't live a disciplined lifestyle. Alright? The loss in grace. One of the loss that we were given in grace that time is that once you wake up you must not eat anything nothing must come into your mouth until you have used your mouth to talk to God alright now nothing must enter your ear until you have heard God you know those you don't, we, we say okay breakfast you have to take breakfast from God first before you take breakfast for your body you have to nourish your spirit first before you nourish your body. Now, this is very important. And if you can just decide and be faithful, you'll be a better Christian. Alright? Now, there are so many things we have tried to cover up. At some point, too, I was affected, you know, because the way I used to do quiet time, eh? everybody will have gone to work. I will still be doing quiet time. Everybody will have, when they are going, they don't even bother. They just spoke to me, my parents and my people, they will just speak to me on the um, from the window, they said, We we are going up, lock the gates and lock the doors. Alright? We're so sold out to God, we are still sold out, praise God. Alright? Uh, that we hardly eat in the morning. You will not see a serious believer then eating all the time in the morning. That's the truth. So most of the food, and they don't even know whether I'm fasting or not. So you know, they used to come and ask, then later they stop asking. Do you, get what I'm, do you get what I'm saying? Now, I'm telling you, this is not because you are called into gospel. This is not because you are called into ministry. Those are the things God sees and calls people. It's not because you are qualified. That doesn't qualify you. Do you understand? But to an extent, it shows you have a heart for your lover. Now, you see, quiet time is just getting together every day. There are people who are in a relationship who must call each other every day for the relationship to survive. Are you getting what I'm saying? You know, we talked about communication as the blood that runs in the, in the relationship or maybe the veins of relationship. All right. Now, some people believe that once this person stops talking to me or I stop talking to this person, then there's a problem in the relationship. All right. So, but that's what happens between ev- almost everybody who stop talking to God or God stop talking to them. In fact, there are people who talk to God and then they do, and they are not sure whether God is hearing <laughs> because God doesn't talk to them back. One of the things that proves to you that God hears is because when you talk to Him, then you get a reply. Praise God. So most of the people just do, you know, the monologue. All right, like a broadcasting corporation, you just broadcast. 
and then you don't take response. All right? You don't take responses. Even those radios now, they take responses. You get what I'm saying? So they ask you to call in, you know, participate on the program. And then, do you get what I'm talking about? <laughs> but the way they used to operate is that only them will just be talking. And then they will believe people are hearing. All right? So now, this is a communication. A proper communication will have a message being passed across to the receiver. All right? And then there must be a reply. Do you get what I'm saying? That's the cycle, the cycle or the fear of communication. Now, that's what happens when we do quiet time. It's not something that you just wake up and rush. You say, Father, plus Jesus today, minus Satan. No. That is not a quiet time. That's a very noisy time. <laughs> Glory to God. That's a busy time. <laughs> but you know, Lagos has actually changed a lot of people. When people were uh, probably in um, all those interlands, um, you know, Shogbo, Ife, and all that. You have more time for God, but then since you came to Lagos, it was difficult. Because normally, maybe they wake up in those lands, um, the interlands now. You know, I don't want to mention a particular place because, you know, you came from different places. Now, they, 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 maybe they wake up there around 6, 7. But here, 3 a.m., you are hearing horn. I remember in church one day, a lady came to me and said, Pastor, I can't even imagine it. This Lagos, ha, 5 a.m., I'm awake. And another lady was standing beside her in this same church, in that elevator. And then the ladies just started laughing. I said, why are you laughing? He said, ah, at 5.30. He said, he said by 5, I'm on Tomilan Bridge. He said, me, I will have woken up since 4. So I will have driven out. He said, by 5, I'm on Tomilan Bridge, rushing to work. The work they told us to resume eight and close by five or four is not actually resuming eight and close by five. If you look at it in real sense, you resume, you have resumed since five a.m. or four a.m. and then you close, and then you close by nine or ten p.m. So a lot of things, a lot of things take our time, fight for our attention. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you see, our attention, God must be number one on our list. God must be a priority. We give attention first and foremost to the Lord. You don't even give attention first and foremost to your spouse. Because you lose your spouse if you don't have attention for the Lord. Except if you have a good spouse who can point you back to the Lord. Praise God. Yes. And if you lose, if you are married and you lose attention, you don't have attention for God, you don't give God attention, and then you don't give your spouse attention, then you are gone. <laughs> Praise the Lord. If you are single, <laughs> you give God. That is why Paul wrote and said that, well, if you are singles, you are privileged. Because you we have almost all your time, or 100% of your time, attention for the Lord. And that is what is, is good that you really establish that when you are single now. Because by the time you are married, it's not only work that will be taking your uh, time. Your spouse will take your time. You know, you know, sometimes, you know, you just get caught up in the family stuff, get caught up in this, and then there's this, then like this. Especially if you marry into a family that you do a lot of family functions. And, you know, before you know it, your everything, you, you, out of the probably 100 years that God wants you to spend, you do not have up to like um, uh, two days for God. 
There are people who live like that. There are people, and you know it's more dangerous when you occupy a position and you don't have attention for God. It's more dangerous. It's better to be a member. It's better to be, you, you, should, you can't be giving out when you are not taking in. That's what I mean. The only way you can take in is when you give God your attention. It's in his presence we get filled up. It's in his presence we get topped up. It's in his presence we get refreshed and empowered to be able to deliver. I hope that is clear. So this is very important. This is very important. Now, let me just quickly share with you two major reasons why you need to have quiet time. This is very important. Now, I'll share benefits with you. Uh, They are close, but benefit is like about 10. But the two major reasons why you need. Number one is this. Fellowship with God. Fellowship with God. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians, I want to believe, uh, uh, 13, 14. 1 Corinthians, no, 2 Corinthians, I think 2 Corinthians 13, 14, where I said the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, the grace, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. 2 Corinthians, the grace of the Lord, and the fellowship of the Spirit be with us now forever. So for fellowship. For fellowship. Now, I, I want to believe Second Corinthians chapter 6, if you read from verse 14, it said, what is Belial doing with the temple of God? What is light doing with darkness? What is, do you understand? It said, what fellowship? You know, it starts talking about light and darkness, righteousness and lawlessness, what communion, light and darkness and all that. Now, now, if you read it down, it said, come ye out of them and I will be a father to you and then you will be a son or you will be sons and daughters unto me. Can you see that? So what he's saying is this, there is a deeper fellowship. The fellowship should be light and light. Are you getting what I'm saying? So it means we have something in common with God. Our life is common. Do you understand? We have the same life. We have, we have, we have the same material. He is spirit and we are what? Spirit. Let's just put it that way. So we can communicate. In John chapter, chapter 4 verse 23, it said the father seeks true worshippers. John chapter 4 verse 23. Give us quick. John chapter 4 verse 23. It said the father seeks true worshippers. Say the hour has come or the hour is coming. Well it has come. Praise God. This was before Jesus went to. So and now is when the true worshippers will worship the Lord in spirit and, and truth. For the father is seeking such to worship him. Now we know that we are God seekers but God also seeks us. Amen. This is the only thing that God seeks in the Bible. Doesn't seek any other thing. If you worship him, you give to him. If you worship him, you serve him. If you worship, do you get what I'm saying? So he seeks that fellowship. He wants us, you know that that's what Adam lost? So he brought back the last Adam was in God and God was in him. That's why he said in John chapter 10 verse 30, he said, I am my father, we are one. I mean, my father, my father is in me. So Bible says the father seeks true worshippers to worship him in truth. And now it says the Lord is the spirit. God is spirit. Verse 24. Verse 24 says God is spirit and those who worship him, worship him in spirit and in truth. Praise the Lord. Now you are a spirit, you know that. And then you have a soul and live in the body. That is biblical. You are a spirit, you have a soul, and you live in the body. When you got born again, your spirit was recreated. It came alive. Any unbeliever, you see the spirit is dead. Soul can be alive, educated. Do you understand? They can be enlightened in terms of you know, understanding and the knowledge of the world. But when it comes to the knowledge of Christ, it's zero. Alright? Now they have bodies, you have bodies, alright? You, you make up your body, they make up their body, they, are, they look nice, you look nice. 
there might not be too much difference. But you see, the difference is in the spirit. One is dead, one is alive with God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, God has business. The main business that God has with you is with your spirit. So he wants to feed your spirit. He wants to nourish your spirit. If the, if the food to the body will nourish your body and make you robust, you have all the balanced diet and blah, blah, blah. So God wants to do the same thing to your spirit. So there are people who are looking robust physically, but in the realm of the spirit, they are like, they have, they have disease. Like maybe the elephantiasis. You know what I'm talking about. You know, leg is bigger than the head and the body. Uh, or the, they have Kwashoko. Um, Maybe you go to all those countries where they so show all those kids that are, you know, like genocide, all those mal, 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 malnutrition, suffering from all those stuff. Now, you see ribs. You get another. That's the way some people look. They look like skeleton in the spirit because they don't get fed. Dangerous God is available. The Holy Spirit wants to supply food, but they are not available. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of my... They are not available. God always prepares table every morning before your table, your normal table. Alright? So, they are not available. Number one is fellowshipping with God. Somebody say fellowshipping with God. Now, lovers ought to be together. Or lovers like to be together. That's why psalmist, you will know that it's a man after God's heart. He said, my heart, my soul pants after you. My heart pants for you. I seek you. You know, you, you see it in the life of David that his heart is always with God. His heart is always, even when he made mistake. That's why it's different from Saul. Once you tell David his mistake, he won't argue. He say, eh, Lord have mercy. Then he will start Psalm 51. It's one of those confession psalms. Praise God. He said, don't take your spirit from me. It was from him we realized that he lived like he's in the New Testament, in the Old Testament. All right? He said, don't take your spirit from me. He said, wash me with his soap. Praise the Lord. Now, bless God, we've been washed with God's blood. Glory to God. We are washed with the blood now because we have the New Testament. But you could see the shadow in the life of David. He said, don't take your spirit from me. Renew within me a new heart. You know, David communicates. He communicated to the heart of God. You could see that he's a man after God's heart. He wasn't perfect, but his heart was in touch with God. All right? That's number one. Number two, strength and direction for the day. Strength and direction for the day. Let me tell you, the days are full of evil. He said, redeem the days for the award full of evil. So it looks like, okay, you can't redeem all the days. In 2019, let's look at it. In 2020, it's okay, all the days in 2020, I sanctify you, I redeem you. But it looks like, okay, every day you wake up, you should speak something into the day. Are you getting what I'm saying? Redeeming the days for their what? Redeeming the times for because the days are evil. So that we live among the wicked people. We live in the world that is full of perversion and wickedness. So much wickedness. I don't need to mention all those wickedness. You know them. So what we do is to have strength and direction for the day. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, it says, Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Verse 12. 
verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Now, flesh and blood are the physical things. It's talking that we don't wrestle against physical things. Physical human beings. We don't wrestle against stepmothers, stepfathers, step whatever. Um, do you understand? Ex, um, ex, ex, ex boyfriend, ex girlfriend. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Look at what they say. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. There are even many. Can you see? We wrestle against things that are plenty. Can you see it? So it looks like if one cannot handle you, they will call for the other. Because according to Kenneth Hagin, I think, you know, they have principalities are for territories. You know, powers are higher. And then you have rulers of the, it says spiritual wickedness, host of wickedness in heavenly places. Those ones are the nest to the devil. Amen? Amen. So you don't know what your matter is now. They said that one, speaking in tongues. He can, can you see his mouth? He said he's doing ministry. Which ministry? You know how many ministries that we have shut down? Come and see ministry where we lock them. Don't think these things are not real. It's the reality of life. So it's daily. People started ministry like shut and shut down. And then some people, they are not alive, they are not dead. Do you get what I'm talking about? You know, I realized that you know, I have known before that life is warfare, but I've now seen another dimension. They are now on social media. Wicked, these people, they are on social media. They have to try and do, they, do you understand? They penetrate everywhere where they can get people's attention. You will see today that one of the reasons why you are not serving God is because of some of them. Once they like this, you can't do quiet time. They just blow, and you are sleeping for a whole year. Say my 2020 is a year of dominion. Hey, dominion. And you have been sleeping. The dominion. The only time you are awake is when you have time for rubbish that contributes nothing to your destiny. Praise the Lord. Anytime you want to do anything good like this, you are sleeping. You want to read to get more professional satisfaction, you are sleeping. Because somebody has blown. It's beyond your power. It's your body can't resist them. Flesh and blood cannot fight them. So for strength and direction for the day, a believer shouldn't just wake up and just wake up. And that's very important. Now we have here some examples. Let me just show you about three or four. You know Paul is an example. Paul even wrote, he said, I die daily. I hope you know that. I am what I am by the grace of God. They say I walk a lot of work, more than all the apostles put together. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9, 10. He said, But it's not me. He said, You see, I am I am what I am by the grace of God. If you read 30, 31, 32, 33, you will see that. He said, I die daily. Listen to me. It means that as I talk to God, you know, he says death work in us and life work in the others. He said, is our inner, inner, inner man is renewed day by day, though our outward man perish. Our inner man is renewed day by day. So what does that mean? So it's every day we are in touch with the Lord. Are you getting what I'm saying? Every day we are in touch with the Lord. In fact, one day they were, they were arrested, himself and Silas, and then they started worshipping and God stepped into the old stuff. 
Do you get what I'm saying? Because they are used to worshiping. Even in disappointment, they started worshiping. In harassment, they started worshiping. David, Psalm, Psalm 5. If you read from verse 1 to 3. But let me, because of time, let me just read verse 3. It says, My voice shall thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and we look up. If you read from verse 1, you see what leads to that. Because he has a custom. Abraham, Genesis chapter 19, verse 27. He said, And Abraham got up early in the morning to the place where he stood before the Lord. To the place where he stood before he was there before he went back there again. Where he stood before the Lord. Jesus, Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7. I want us to read about Jesus. It's very important. Hebrews chapter 5, verse 27. Verse 7. He said, Who in the days of his flesh, look at it, this is talking about Jesus, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear. Now, this is God in human flesh. Praise the Lord. If you are actually sent to this world like him to deliver something, you must have a private time for the Lord. Most of us are casual, but you know, then we used to be, we used to be um, guilty if we do not do quiet time. We, we, we actually, we were asking for forgiveness of our sins. If we do not do quiet time, we say, God have mercy. Ah, miku shaka, forgive, forget. And then you know, for instance, you get to the body, you know, there, there was a particular group of people that I mean, there were groups that were helping people then. You got into that group. You said, you see, where did, where did you read today? What did you read today? What did the, the Lord say? Do you understand? What did he say? We should pray for China. I mean, you will be challenged. You can't be part of that kind of group. Group don't ask what the Lord said. And they say, ah, <laughs> so where is the next picnic? Do you understand? It's the gist. Oh, I saw you yesterday. You know, there's, there's nothing like what the Lord say. Then it's what the Lord say. It should be balanced. I'm not saying they shouldn't, they shouldn't be gist, but then what the Lord saying is also good. Are you getting what I'm saying? I'm believing God for this. I'm believing God. Join me in prayer. All right? I perceive that the Lord will act. That's why you don't see the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit in the, in the, in the system, like the way it used to be. Before you hear somebody giving tongues, you know, you know, gift of tongues, and then somebody else will be giving interpretation. Or the person will give tongues or we speak in tongues, all right, and then he will, he or she will also interpret. It's there now. They've dropped the gift, or the gift is dormant. You know why? You service your gift in the place of privacy, private fellowship with God. Your gift is is it's like you are being pruned. It's like you are sharpened. Do you understand? You 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 get better at it. And then God feeds you more, empowers you more to deliver. People, some people, their own gift is not just to speak, it's just speak in tongues and give interpretation. Some people, their own is just to sleep like this. God will reveal things to them. Now they sleep, nothing. They are as blind as bath. They can't see nothing now. It's even good you are not seeing nothing because if you see men as trees, you destroy things. And there are some who see men as trees. You know, if you are not in touch with God, I mean, the gift of God is without repentance. The gift and calling of God is without repentance. It means God won't take it away from you, but it can be dormant. 
how that gift can be sharpened is in the place of fellowship with God. And it must be consistent. Praise the Lord. As a preacher, you don't study the scripture or meditate it because you want to preach. You will soon die. In fact, I read a material where they said that any Christian that grow cold and backslide is as a result of losing touch in their private fellowship. They said we don't know missionaries that will be strong. When we bring all of them on the field, we can say the ones that will be strong by their private fellowship with God early in the morning. Are you getting what I'm saying? That is very important. Matthew chapter 14 verse 23. Let's read. We are going to read together. Everybody. One, two, three, go. And when he had sent the multitude away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there. You must not say, see, you don't have any excuse to be alone. You have always been with people. Those who are always with people don't lead people. Those who are always with people cannot lead the people. If you don't separate yourself, eh, you cannot. Even let's look at it in academics. If you don't stay alone to read seriously, you cannot top your class. You cannot lead your class. It takes those who go extra mile with God to be extraordinary and then to lead extraordinary people. Is that clear? Let's look at some scriptures more. Mark chapter, Mark chapter 6, verse 45 to 46. Quickly. Let's read together. One, two, three, go. Immediately, he made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side, to Bethsaida, while he sent the multitude away. Now, look at it. He's sending the disciples to go before him, and then he also sent what? The multitude away. So it means the disciples were on their way, and then the multitude were on their. Now, go to the next verse. Let's read one, two, three, go. And when he has sent them away, he departed to the mountain to pray. But you know, this is the secret of Jesus Christ. He departed. Moses was on the mountain to receive the tablets. You remember? Tablets, the stones for commandment. You can't get commandments in the valley. God does not talk to people in the valley. He goes to the valley to kill and to rescue and to save. I will look onto the hill where my help come from. So if you are not on that mountain, speaking and having a conversation with God, you can activate help. And no new creation reality made us realize that we now have help in us. Somebody say, I have help in me. Psalmist knew this. He said, God is my refuge and my present help in times of need. Look, we have help. But that you have help does not mean you are, you are tapping the help. You know the same scripture in New Testament, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16. It says, come to the throne of grace. Come boldly to the throne of grace. What does it mean? Look, if you don't say you have help, if you don't operate and fellowship, you know, with God, where you can tender your request for help, that you have the help in you does not mean it's activated. Or that you can use it. He said, come to the throne of grace boldly. To what? 
to obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. So, fellowshipping daily with God is a throne of grace in your room, in your house. Are you getting what I'm saying? Now, you don't have to go to the mountain, physical mountain now. All right? You know, when Moses threw the stone, that tablet, God told him, he said, come back. You remember? You know, he did for 80 days, fasting and praying on the mountain. You know, it was on the mountain he saw the back part of God as the glory. Now, you know, <laughs> if you check the scripture, in the valley, that's where they do all those battles. You know, most of the battles you know, on the, in the valley. I was in the spirit in the day of the Lord, Ezekiel 37, and I was carried into the valley of dry bones. The only dry bones exist in the valley. Praise the Lord. All right. Psalm 24, Psalm 15, check it very well. He said, Who shall ascend to the hill of the Lord? Who shall dwell on his holy hill or mountain or something like that? He that has a clean hands, blah, blah, blah. He that is blessed. He was describing the New Testament Christians. And Jesus Christ said, We are a city set on the hill. So we are born on the hill. So we are born into the holies of holies. We are supposed to have direct conversation with God without any barrier. Are you getting what I'm saying? It's like somebody is in the holies of holies and is sleeping. Can you try that in the Old Testament? When you carry the sin of people with uh, whatever, the blood of atonement, and you enter into the holies of holies, you that they lock chain with you, and they are even trying to check whether you are still alive. Can you get into the holies of holies and be sleeping? Eleanor, do you get what I'm saying? It looks like people don't really have the, what is called fear of God. The fear of God I'm talking about is reverence, honor. Honor for the things of God. So it looks like, okay, the, the, the way grace is taught made people to get familiar with the things of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or have very casual approach. Well, <laughs> and the grace of God is available. He's <laughs> always going to you know, cleanse me and all that. And it's true. It's true, but then you, if you want to live a better life, you must actually utilize grace. That's why the Bible says that you can't say you are in grace. And they're asking for sin to abandon. As you can't be in sin, and they're asking for grace to abandon. Praise the Lord. Mark 1, 32 to 39. Let's read Mark 1, 32 to 39. 1, 2, 3, go. At evening, when the sun had set, I love this place. God revealed this place to me a while ago. Let's, let's continue. They brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed. Yes, next verse. And the whole city was gathered together at the door. Yes. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons. And he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him. Yes? And now in the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. Can you understand? Do you understand this? He woke up like around what time? Somebody said 5 a.m., 4 a.m. It shall be before six o'clock. <laughs> Praise the Lord. 
you cannot be effective as a believer if you wake up 6 o'clock in Lagos. <laughs> cannot. See? They finished the day before you wake up. Let me tell you, if you need, if you know in your spirit that you are supposed to be better spiritually than this, don't start waking up early. Don't sleep at all. <laughs> it's a serious recommendation. If you must sleep by 12, wake up. Once you are crossing into the day, you must cross with your eyes open like this. And you are speaking in dangerous tongue, vernacular tongue. At one point, somebody said vernacular tongue. It's even been a long time we have heard it. What happened? I know what I'm talking about. When we are in meetings like this, people's tongues change. I've thought it before. There is a way when you speak in tongues 30 minutes, there is a way you change gear. It, you, you know it. And then over time, because at some point you will reach the gushers, it will happen. Because the tongues can be really vernacular. You won't know whether it's Yoruba or what they are saying. Yes. But it's thick, deep. Are you getting what I'm saying? But you know, most of us, we just go day by and by. You know, we just wake up. You know, subi, 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 I see they should slap your mouth. You know, you do understand. Even when you are fasting, it's more dangerous. People don't even have time to pray when they are fasting. They say seven days fast. We are in need. Sometimes those who don't fast, they are better. Because those ones they are in the flesh. You know they are in the flesh. They are they are just there in the flesh. But you that you are fasting, you are not talking to God. You are exposing yourself in a way because something else can talk to you. And then you can receive. You can say, say uh, you receive a enana. Look. <laughs> you receive the wrong thing. You receive the wrong thing. Uh, God is asking me to put my money in this business. That's why your money disappears. Because you did not really actually talk to God and he talks to you. You are fasting, right? And then what you are doing is that you are exposing yourself. You are becoming more sensitive. In the spirit. And there's a thin line between the diabolical demonic spirit and then, do you understand the proper? Ah, that's why the Bible says it call light out of darkness. They are very close now. The absence of light is darkness, the absence of darkness is light. Do you understand? He woke up very early. You know, one of the things that distracts you is success. You know, as he healed people the previous day, he would say, it is time to rest. That's one of the things that God taught me there. You know, let's say, all today now we are healing the sick, and then they were happy, stretchers, you can see it everywhere. Glory, God moved mightily. After the whole conference or the whole meeting, he said, ah, well, let me, I'm looking for a place to crash. How many of you have ever felt like that many times that we do meetings? And then you look for look, don't go and crash in any place. You look for a place to pray. You that doesn't stop you from resting. Jesus slept that evening, that night, he slept. But he woke up very early to pray. Because another set is coming in the morning. Praise the Lord. 
you cannot finish solving the spiritual problems in the world. And that's one of the reasons why you must be in touch with the Lord. If you solve problems for people today, and then another set is coming. Because those ones will go announce. Praise the Lord. Let's read on. Let's, we're reading to verse 39. Yes? And Simon and those who were with him searched for him. Actually, he left them. Those ones were sleeping. These guys have been sleeping since. You know, you remember when Jesus was to go to the cross? When he prayed. And he said, why can't you watch with me for an hour? Do you remember? They've been sleeping. They're used to sleeping. Okay, put your... Just we'll come back to this place. Go to Luke chapter 22. Okay, let's open our scriptures. Luke chapter 22, verse 32. If you can find it, please, you read. Boy, he said to him, Lord, I am ready to go with you. Both to prison and to death. Then he said, I tell you, Peter, go to verse 31. And the Lord said, Simon, 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 indeed. Satan has asked for you. Satan has asked. (laughs) Do you, did you hear what he said? Somebody was live and direct with Jesus Christ like this. Satan was still asking for him. Uh, No one, see, I can never blame myself if you get lost. If anybody gets lost, who has always been with me, I can't. Because Jesus, the owner of all ministries, Jesus, God in human flesh, Satan asked for Peter, who was working with Jesus. You know if Satan asked for you, I'm, I'm not aware that Satan asked for you. <laughs> Apart from me interceding for you, Jesus must be interceding for you. Ah, no, Jesus must be interceding for you. Because if Satan asked, for you now. <laughs> Satan has asked for you, Peter. That's why people are sleeping. Somebody told me, he said, Pastor, I can't miss eight hours. He said, The minimum is eight hours. I've seen people that came to just sleep around my house, in my house, you know, that. Once they start eight, eight, ten, they don't wake up on the six. The eight hours must complete. Look, if you have been told that medical jargons, you can see that Jesus Christ did not comply to that. Can you see that Jesus Christ did not comply to that? In those days, they used to calculate it. That if you sleep eight hours per day, once you are 60, you are slept for 20 years. You don't know. It's one third of your life, that your day that you are sleeping now. But you know, it dawns on you when you hear that I've slept for 20 years, if by the time I'm 60 years. What's wrong with you? How did I come about that? He said, The Lord said, Simon, indeed. Your own version did not put indeed. Let's read it. Read it, everybody. And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. 
<laughs> you are surprised. She's in the Bible. <laughs> Look at yes now. <laughs> Look at the next verse. One, two, three, go. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your. The one you read, it was not 32. Can you see that? Your fail fails when you don't pray. And you don't have people who pray for you. Why some of you are still alive in Christ is because people are praying for you. In fact, some of you believe that your parents are praying for you. Because those ones, they are prayer warriors normally. And you believe you know more than them. But they pray more than you. You can imagine if you now pray as they pray. So you see that? It's not only him. He said, when you have what returned to me, strengthen your brethren. So it means the brethren are weak. The brothers and sisters are weak. So he is a voice that the reason why Satan is asking for him is because he is the one to coordinate the other brethren. Once Satan can get him, then the rest. You see that? Go to verse 30, 39. Coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives as he was accustomed, and his disciples also followed him. Now, look at that statement. As he was what? Now, I want you to take note of something here. You know, this is where he prayed that God should shift the... Do you understand? Now, he wasn't coming here because he was to pray that prayer alone. Bible says it was his custom. Do you know it was his custom to go to the temple? The Bible says as it was his custom, he would go to the temple. Some people, some believers don't have that as a culture now. Or as a custom. Something you do regularly. Like a routine. Can you see this? So he came here not because of the death, the imminent death, he actually prayed to pray about that, but he has been coming here to pray. Go to the next verse. One, two, three, go. When he came to the place, he said to them, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. You see the reason why people enter into temptation daily? Because they don't have that custom of going to a place to pray before they start their day. He said, Your faith can fail if you don't pray. Then you can be tempted. Do you get what I'm saying? When people tempt you, you don't have the right answers to respond. Go to the next verse. Yes. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone throw. And he knelt down and prayed. So he still let them. Go to the next verse. Let's read together, everybody. Saying, Father, if it is your will, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. A lot of lessons to learn there, but that's not tonight. Then an angel, of, an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. So in the place of prayer. That's why Paul says, I pray that you will be strengthened in your inner man. Next verse. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. Then his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. When he rose up from prayer and had come to his disciples, he found them sleeping. From (laughs) 
It's like they knew that something was going to happen. And that thing had already killed them before it came. Do you get what I'm saying? Sometimes you say something is going to happen instead of you to pray. You're just there. Doing nothing. Actually, most believers are lazy. And one of the reasons why it looks like we are lazy is because we lost that touch. Every day. If you do 30 minutes every morning and it's consistent, you'll be, doing, you'll be getting better. God can speak to you in, the, in old up and you'll pick the signals. God can speak to you in that eco market, Lagos market, and you pick the signals where there is so much noise. Look at it. The next verse. Then he said to them, Why do you sleep? Rise and pray, lest you enter into temptation. Next verse. And then and while he was still speaking, behold, the multitude and then blah, 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 they came. Brah. In another version, if you read the other Gospels, he said, Can't you watch with me for an hour? Now, that's the only confirmation I have as a conviction from the scripture that you should play. pray at least one hour. Whether you are born again, you are just born. Then they don't spare us. They say, you, say, you are a new convert, and you say, just start with five minutes, ten minutes, twenty minutes. They don't say, one hour. One hour. You say. And then you are looking for what to say for one hour as a young believer, new convert. I'm not joking. A lady came to me and said, how do people pray for more than one hour and blah, blah. He said, me, when I pray for ten minutes, I, I, everything has finished. I said, truly, what, are, what will you be asking for? I said, if you have a background from CAC, there are so many things that they will open your eyes to pray about. But see, I told her, I said, do you pray in tongues? She said, no. I said, that's the, that's the secret of praying more than one hour or praying more than 15 minutes. And then people pray in tongues and they still put their mouth on the ground like the one that uh, grounded paper. Are you getting what I'm saying? The machine that grounded paper. You just left it on the ground. Let's leave Jesus. The time is gone, but let me just quickly share this with you. Very important. The realities of the blessing. That's number one, benefits. Realities of the blessings. I don't want to rush this. I want you to take notes. I know you have learned something. Have you learned something? The realities of the blessing. Psalm 68 verse 19 to 21. Psalm 23 verse 1. Psalm 68 verse 19 to 21. Blessed is the Lord who daily loads us with benefits. Can you see that? The God of our salvation, Selah. Verse 20. Our God is the God of salvation and to God... The, the Lord belongs escapes the, and to God the Lord belong escapes from death verse 21 and then he says but God will wound the head of the enemies the heiress cap of the one who still goes on in his trespass now take note of Psalm 23 verse 1 and 34 verse 10 Psalm 23 verse 1 what does it say the Lord is my shepherd I shall not what want so it means that your wants your needs are met Psalm 34, verse 10. He said, Those who seek the Lord will lie on those of hunger and lack, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack anything good. The realities of blessings. So that means early in the morning you seek the Lord. Early will I seek thee, O Lord. David. Number two, leading or prompting of the Holy Spirit. Leading or prompting of the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 8, verse 14 and 16 says, that those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are sons of God. 
Verse 16 says, He bears witness with our heart that we are what? Children of God. So if you talk to God, Psalm 23, verse 2 to 3. Verse 2 to 3. He makes me like that in green pastures. He makes me like that. Look at it. He makes me like that in green pastures, not yellow pastures. Because he said, the Lord is my shepherd. So he's put, he put himself like in the position of a sheep. Do you understand? So he makes me like that in what? In green pastures. In abundance, where you'll be well fed. He's the one that can make you, you can't go there and lie down by yourself. Look at this. He said, he leaves me beside the still waters. Waters. Praise the Lord. Yes, never. He restores my soul. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. So he does that. He leads us. He makes us. He knows where is best for us. When you pray early in the morning, fellowship with him, he will lead you. Number three. Boldness. Somebody say boldness. boldness. And that's confidence. Let me tell you sometimes. Let me tell you this. Boldness sometimes does not only resonate from your spirit. Is actually also a function of a sound mind. And don't forget, the Bible says that we do not have the spirit of fear, but that of love, power, and what? Sound mind. Praise the Lord. Somebody say, I have the spirit of love. I have the spirit of power. And I have sound mind. Praise the Lord. Let me show you something here. This is very important. Eh? Everybody, you have to see this. You know, in 1 John chapter 5, if you read from verse 12, 13, 14, like that, say when we ask him in yes or so, he said, This is the confidence that we have that whenever we talk to him, he answers and hears us. He said it's a confidence. So why do you think you have sometimes doubt? And you don't have confidence or you have fears getting magnified than more than the faith that you have. Because you don't come in. Do you get what I'm saying? So if you get response from God, you have confidence. So we have confidence. Let me give you this one. It's hot. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. You know when they were harassed, do you remember they went to pray? In Acts chapter 4. And the Bible says that God filled them. Read from verse 31. Filled them. 31. And when they had prayed, the place shook and all that. And then they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God with what? Can you see that? With boldness. And then you hear some other things that happen after. Just go to verse 13. Acts chapter 4. Everybody read verse 13. This verse 13, you must read it. This is very important. It's one of the major scriptures that I like in Acts of Apostles. Let's read it. One, two, three, go. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, pause, boldness can be seen. When they saw they were talking bold. You know, Bible says the righteous shall be bold as lion. And Jesus Christ is lion of the tribe of Judah. You are not born by cards. You are born of the lion of the tribe of Judah. You are not born by a rabbit. You are born by the lion of the tribe of Judah. Praise the Lord. You are supposed to be bold. Look at your neighbor. Say, be bold. You see where your boldness comes from? That's what I want to show you. This is what produces boldness in any believer. You go for any deal, regardless of who else is bidding. Are you getting what I'm saying? You go boldly to write exams. The boldness has always been there. Once you got born again, God has dropped it. 
But you see, you grow in it. Let's read on. Let's read again. One, two, three, go. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Can you see that? Bible says they marveled. This thing is loaded though. When they saw, they marveled. They saw boldness. What they connected with boldness is not what produced boldness. What they thought would give them boldness or that should give boldness normally is not, is, what, is not what gave them boldness. They were sand in literatures, but they were not as bold as these guys. Because they said they were untrained and unlearned, uneducated. Fishermen. Look at it. But what is the secret? They marvel. And they realize. So it's like they Google their life. So what is producing this kind of boldness? If you don't know about the Torah, you don't know the... You don't understand. You can't talk extensively about Abraham. You don't understand law. What was He said, and they realized that they had been with Jesus. Quiet time. He's been with Jesus. You know, Jesus told Martha, he said, one thing is needful. And Mary has chosen it. And that's sitting at his feet, not cooking in the kitchen. Say you, you are just bothered with many things. Who sent you all these messages now? Hmm? I just bothered you, man. I also give you 10 points, benefits, then I will go into the content. Because that content will help you. But there's something I want us to decide to do. How many points did I with? Three, Abby. I will give seven and content next week, and I will close it. Boldness. But you see, I want us to make a commitment. You cannot actually advance without making a solid commitment, commitment, as in be committed to making sure. Is is I couldn't reach those distractions. I have about eight distractions. One of them is distracting you. One of them. The last one is devil and demons. You see people that wake up very early in the morning normally and they themselves are ready. Before you know it, they're on Facebook. Some people will wake up normally. Before you know it, they'll sleep again. Some people will wake up normally. Before you know it, the unfinished assignment. I will show you. Because there is a deliberate way you must plan your life. And nothing must obstruct it. A reverend father, let me just put it this way. You know when you say a reverend father, it stands for like sexual purity, right? They say a reverend father. Ah. <laughs> reverend father. Can impregnate ladies. What makes people actually misbehave is because they want to misbehave. What makes them misbehave is because they lost touch. That thing they are supposed to be doing regularly. Somebody was telling me about his pastor. He said he has not changed. I said, eh, ah. He said in the 90s, he always pray overnight. 
overnight. Uh, 11 p.m., 10 p.m. Our conversation brought something to me that I have been sleeping too much. I had to repent that it's like I've been sleeping too much. So if that person was like that in 1990s, ah, I had a long way to go. Because as he described his pastor, he described, because they live together, he described his pastor as somebody who prayed like five hours in the night or six hours. And if you have been doing two and a half, two, three hours, two and a half, two, you are yeah, no wonder. We need to touch certain death. There is somebody that I know is a man of God who will pray from 10 to 2, 3. And he will not attend to anybody until after 12. No administrative work, nothing until after 12. After he still gets to the office, he will go somewhere, he will just be there meditating and be true. So you can't get through to him until like 12. And then from 12, you can come with your trouble. It's easier because we just talk to the trouble. How to? Because you have. Do you understand? Uh-huh. Not that you heard that uh, Uzo Dima is now the governor of Imo State. <laughs> Before you know it, Trump is angry. Iran has disappeared. Oh, don't you understand? I'm telling you things that take people away. The cryptocurrency has come down. It's forest stuff that Olunja won't see. Those are the distractions. But that's for a minister of God. I'm not talking. I mean, you, you start one hour. You don't do one hour. Just if you can do one hour, five to six, it's too late. In Lagos, it's too late. You will realize that there are thoughts that hit your mind around that time. So which means that there is, there is something in this environment, environment, atmosphere, this atmosphere. Let me tell you, 5 a.m. is one of the best times to wake up in Ife, Oshobo, all those interlands to pray. No, 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 listen. The 5 a.m. in Nife is 3 a.m., 2 a.m. in Lagos. Because 5 a.m. in Nife, everything is still calm. If you come out, they will be wondering, what, what are you, where are you going? Do you understand? But in Lagos, 3 a.m., you come and say, ah. All right, you're welcome. Bye-bye. Do you get what I'm saying? So, you wake up. I'm telling you, that's why it looks like those businessmen don't sleep. You take a lot of coffee. I have solutions for all your distractions. So, coffee is one of them. You must be deliberate about your life. Whatever will keep you awake to talk to God, you must take it. If your own is Milo, I doubt it. <laughs> it's the wrong formula. With the way you sleep, if you take Milo, you might not wake up in the next few days. I've seen people that alarm cannot wake up. <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> when people were still, when, when, you know, people don't know that I learned a lot when people were staying in my house. Yes, I watch. <laughs> there are people that they don't sleep deep. If you move past them like this, they will do like this. There are people that they sleep deep to come to the surface. There are people that they are first on the surface to go deep. <laughs> I observe people and you know if you are the if you are the non-nocturnal you just be seeing things 
And you know the funniest thing? Both those who are awake in the night and those who are sleeping, they wake up in the morning. That's more dangerous for people that are sleeping. Because they've finished and transacted your destiny before you wake up. You win in the day if you are awake and communicate with God in the night. It's in the night things. Those guys, they still work in the night. Those four categories. You remember? Wicked people in night places, principalities and powers. Do you understand? They control the commerce. They try to influence the entertainment. Do you understand what I'm talking about? They like you. They want you to like the video more than David. <laughs> Do you get what I'm talking? I'm not joking. They want you to like P Square more than the Peter in the Bible. Are you getting what I'm That's why everything is enticed. It will take you off before you know it. Just sleep and wake up, sleep and wake up, sleep and wake up. 2020 is gone. My year of dominion, my year of dominion. You dominate nothing. You are just there. And things are dominating you. Please, we have to wake up. Let's make a commitment. One hour at least daily. Father, we thank you. We know you have been blessed by the insightful teaching of God's word by Pastor Kappa Officer, brought to you by Communion Christian Center. For more information on how to be a partner and others, Contact plus two three four eight zero three five eight five eight zero four seven or send a mail to talkwayofisayo at gmail.com. Remain blessed as you fulfill your destiny.